Whoa! Whoa! Where are we? New set! New set, ladies whoop, and gentlemen! Whoop, whoop, whoop. If, you're, if you're an audio listener, head on over to the YouTube channel and check out our brand new in-home studio at Matt and Patricia's. That's right. We've moved out of the living room, and now we've officially moved into the guest room. Is this set official? Is it done? It is still a work in progress. As you can see for the people who are watching, we have a desk. We, we are do. sitting at a desk. This pre feels pretty official. Yes. And I like that we are not holding the microphones. This That's is a right. throwback to our audio days when we were audio only. We had those little mic stands that we would give yeah. people. We sat at a desk. And we had it also oh, yeah, with our, a red curtain. Yes. It was our little like breakfast nook. It yes. was kind, kind of cute. Kind of quaint. Um, but, you know, I've been wanting to get back on the desk vibe. Hopefully, the listeners and supporters of this incredible podcast we have don't get all up in arms like they did with unfiltered when we had our own desks people got so mad when we got the yellow desks oh yeah like there was a bit of a rebellion and i even think that like zane was trying to like motivate people as well to like go to the patreon and if we reach a certain amount of patreon subscribers we were going to get rid of the desks and i think we even were debating on like blowing them up at one point did that happen? No, it didn't. I think we ended up donating to the desk. I think they went to a good home. Hopefully, like, a local school. Um, so, a couple changes here. We do have the desk. We also have these new, like, I would call them professional mic stands that you see on... Uh, uh, clamps. Uh, mic... Mic... Uh, what do you call these? Stands? Microphone stands? Uh, arm clamps. Mic arms. So, we don't have to, like, hold it. I've is... never been on a podcast that has one of these before. Wait, don't... We have them on... No, the good, good influences are just like oh, they're, they're just like straight tripod mic stands. Yes, these are like when you see a podcaster, like this is some I, hardcore like heavy streaming too. Yes, yeah, I, I kind of like this. It feels a little bit more official. We're sitting upright too. Yes, which is nice, not slouching in a couch. And now I can wear just sweats all the time, and you guys have no clue what I'm wearing. Yeah. Waist below. I am wearing sweatpants today, and I said we're. Below the desk is nobody's business except our own. That's right. We that, don't know what's going on below these desks, folks. Have we have. You, have you? Uh, what? Sorry. Uh, what were you gonna? Ask? Have you ever been on the news? You know the one place I was in print. Well, I don't. In Rolling Stone magazine with Macklemore, not by name, but I that was in the magazine. Yes, we have talked about this before, right? I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast publicly, but yes. Uh, wait, you got interviewed by somebody, and they asked you what your opinions were on Macklemore. I was in a. It was at the MTV Woody's in South by Southwest, and I was like hanging out backstage, and Macklemore was there. You were at the show, but were we? We didn't friends? know each other. No, that's crazy. There's we a few of those in the same area, and we had no clue. Okay, so you were at that Macklemore show, right? The MTV yes, Woody's. I, yes. yes, yes. Um. And yeah, there was uh, Matt. I was talking to Macklemore. He was being super nice. He just played a set, and I was like, "Great set, whatever." And then some other guy was just like, "So, what do you think about Macklemore?" Didn't identify himself as a reporter. Didn't have a checklist. Didn't have a document with him. Just like a regular dude. Like, hey, so what do you think about Macklemore? I was like, "Oh, dude, that's that thrift shops, thrift shop song. That's my shit. I love that song. He's great." And then I didn't think anything of it. And then like a month later, in Rolling Stone, which I was subscribed to, I saw. This quote that was like a white, white tennis band wearing hipster. Oh, I thought they were going for your race. In the no, beginning. no, no. I was like, bold uh, move. I was wearing a white uh, tennis headband because that was our thing at South by. And yeah, it was quoted. They didn't quote me by name. I was identified as hipster with a white tennis headband. But wow. Yeah, I, I wasn't. That was, I think, the only time I was in. Were you really that big of a Macklemore fan, or were you just excited to be interviewed? I didn't know I was being interviewed. And how did you know it was the Rolling Stone? Did he say the publication he was with? I didn't with? know until I, until I saw the article in print. Whoa. Like, I didn't realize that that was an interview. I was like, dude, that guy that I talked to for like 30 seconds wrote that down in Rolling Stone. I didn't know that that guy was a reporter. Oh, dope. Yeah. 
And I, I just saw it in the paper. Do you think Macklemore read it? Probably. Have you ever met Macklemore? Besides for that one time. No. I was such a Macklemore fan. I waited outside a... Do you know what like the shoe brand Nice Kicks is? No. It's like a hype beast shoe store. It's like based in Austin. I think there's a few maybe around the country. Okay. And Macklemore did a meet and greet. And I waited in line to meet Macklemore. Did you meet him? Yeah, I met him and Ryan, Ryan Lewis. Lewis. Great producer. Are they still collabing at all? I think Ryan Lewis might have taken a back seat after one of the things because he just M- didn't want to commit anymore. Macklemore's still good. People... <laughs> Just flipped on Macklemore overnight. Well, you know what? Re- it's reasonable, especially after the Grammys, where he won Best Hip Hop Album, and it should yes. have been Kendrick Lamar. And he like texted Kendrick Lamar, and then posted his text on his oh. feed. A little cringe. That's pretty cringe indeed. Do you yeah. think he didn't even run that by his team? Definitely didn't. Yeah, that made him look pretty bad. What did Kendrick Lamar even say back to him? I don't know. I don't even think there was a response. I just remember he said like you were robbed, and that was the that was like the big thing that went viral. Oh, yeah. When I met Macklemore, I was like, I love your song. Fences. I think that's the name of it. It's the one about, like, opiates. I don't know that one. I was like, it's that's such a good song. Man. I kind of only knew the the one thrift shop. Like, oh. that music video, when it came out, it was just, like, and then revolutionary. I met, I met the kid who was, who was the Macklemore. What is that? That's the, the singer. That kid who was on that. that you put the whole back tonight is the night. That was a kid that sang that? Well, like, I mean, I think he was like under 21. Oh, I thought it was like a man. No, it was a man. It was like a young boy. But no, I thought fr- it's like a like a big older dude. No, he definitely no, he was much younger. How did you know who it was? Because we were in the it was around that South by Southwest. We were in the Waterloo Records parking lot and Macklemore did a concert during that South by Southwest and huh. I managed to get backstage. I don't know how I did that. My move wasn't wearing a white headband. My move at South by Southwest when I was younger was just putting on a blazer. Because if you put on a blazer, oh, people think you're really official. Though looking back, that's kind of like the worst outfit to wear at South by Southwest. Like just a sports jacket? Yeah, just a sports jacket. A white sports jacket. Cream. And what did you say? Were you saying, oh, I'm supposed to be here? I, I would just walk past people and act like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, South by is pretty easy. Well, now it's gotten... I think people like us have made it, made them increase their security because We've it was a little easy because they were just hire like interns from the local college to run security at these like massive events. Mm-hmm. The closest I ever got was the Justin Timberlake show at uh, the Pure Volume House. Oh, when you were talking to Olivia Wilde and like Jason Sudeikis? No, that was in New York. Oh, okay. That was fun though. Uh, I still hold that when Olivia Wilde called me cute. I'm keeping that one oh yeah what you say oh you're cute you're gonna have no problem finding girls yes which i wasn't even like trying to get girls i was like can we just go party and they were like no we're old we're going home (laughs) we have to go we have to wake up for work tomorrow how are you doing today mike uh i'm a little hungover still from the weekend yeah you went pretty hard on saturday and well friday not that hard i had a couple beers on friday with the girls. couple (laughs) beers Two, two in a row these days is like really tough yeah Usually, I, I will pick a day knowing that the next day is just going to be miserable, but even two beers these days just kind of takes it out of me. I so, ran into you Saturday night, right? I think we kind of planned it. Yeah, I think so. Well, like it was kind of a bit of a surprise. I had no plans, but I just wanted to leave the west side. And you were at, uh, I guess, Devin Spindler's house, and he put eight and a half on his big screen? Yeah, yeah he did. It was, a, uh, it was just a housewarming party, and okay. he was like, hey, let's put on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this really great music video, and he just starts typing in. 
hoot and a half. And I'm like, please don't, don't, don't do this to me. Yeah. And he played it for like the entire party, which was really oh, nice. Oh, really? He just left it on? Yeah. For, That's kind of funny. For a little bit. And then finally, people were like, okay, let's put on some college sports. Uh, did he have the sound on? No. Okay. Okay. No, thank goodness. The projector looked kind of sick. Yeah, it was pretty dope. It came with the house. And then, so we went out that day. It was pretty fun. We went to the waterfront. And then I went to a birthday party for Pablo and Alex. Um, do you know Pablo and Alex? Do not. Oh, they're great guys. They, you know, they're big on TikTok. They're from Texas. They're Aggies, which you know I deal with. But uh, they had their second annual Disney drinking games. Okay. Do you know what like the Disney games are? I that, do not. God, guys, you see what I'm dealing dealing <laughs> with here? Mike doesn't know what the Disney games are or were. I don't even know if they still do it. But back in Probably mid-2000s. Actually, the golden age, the heyday, the best days of the Disney Channel, there were the Disney Channel games. And that's where they had all of the celebrities, all the poster children for the Disney Channel get together. And I assume it was on one day a week. They made this thing seem like it was the damn Super Bowl. You thought it was happening live. But they... So they would have, like... Zach and Cody, Raven Simone, Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus. And like a game show? It was like a series of games. It was like the field day for the Disney Channel. Like they would do a bit of like, I don't know, flag football. They would do some challenges and they would just uh, release these games uh, bit by bit over Disney Channel. So they did this theme last year. I couldn't go to the party. This year I got invited and and I didn't know if I really was going to make it, but I finally made it. Dude, this it was an incredible party. They split you up into four teams. Okay. You know, the red team, the blue team, the green team, the yellow team. Okay. And it was mayhem. And it was some serious drinking games. I actually had to leave halfway through because I'd already been drinking the rest of the day. But it was a ball, dude. Buddy? Buddy? Let me tell you. <laughs> Did the, you win? Uh, no, the blue team apparently ended up winning. Someone beat you in a Disney Channel original trivia game? It wasn't. Tri- if it was trivia based, of course we would oh, have won. So what are the, what's the? It was just drinking games, beer pong. Um, we had to open up presents, and inside were all these drinks, and everyone had to finish it. They also did the game, which I'm terrible at understanding. But you know the game where everyone like puts their finger on a top quarter? of like a, a liquor bottle or a beer, and you almost have to like eliminate and make sure that like kind of everyone's finger still. Stay on the bottle. Okay. I don't even understand the game. But it sounds like a Mr. Beast that. video. <laughs> a little bit. And then then we left that, and we met up with you guys at yes. Tramp Stamp Granny's, which is one of my favorite uh, sing-along piano bars, basically. Like, you go there, and it's a bunch of theater nuts. If you love musical theater and you're visiting Los Angeles, go to Tramp Stamp Granny's um, because they'll play all the show tunes that you want if you request them and tip that uh, piano player well. Yeah, he's an incredible piano player, and it's a real piano that they mic up, and he's got a microphone. What does a real piano mean? Like a piano with strings and... Oh, it's not, not like it's, an electric piano or keyboard. Correct. A lot of musicians now, like, will, even when you go see them live, what they do is they'll take an electric piano and put it in, a, like, a box that looks like it's a grand piano. But it's not a grand piano. It's just, like, the wood shape. And his setup kind of looked like that might have been the situation, which is fine. But it was not the case. It was a real piano, mic'd up, like, he's really making those sounds. And he had a little iPad in front of him with all the different songs, and he was just just absolutely ha- ripping. Hammering through all the great songs. Like, when we got in there, they were already playing all of my favorite show tunes. I think it was On My Own from Les Miserables, and then it was, like, You'll Be Back from Hamilton. Yes. And then there was, like, Dear Evan Hansen. 
Am knock, I... knock, knocking. Or what is it? Tap, uh, tap, 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 tapping on a glass, waving through a window. Oh. For those who've been following Matt King on Instagram for a long time, you may remember uh, Matt King did a brand deal for TikTok. Because oh my gosh, TikTok right. had just been. They just bought Musically and turned Musically into TikTok, and they were trying to like promote the use of TikTok. And one of the things was like record a sound, use a filter, and that's what you and did. Then, yeah, because there was like a almost like a glass filter, and I used that. It's I, one of your funny. Did you ever of content. see Dear Evan Hansen sure on Broadway? Didn't. No, buddy. <laughs> it was an incredible musical. I saw it with um, Ben Platt. He was like the main guy. Oh, he's, yeah. And you know who sat behind me during it? J.K. Simmons. Wow. His name does start with a J, and he is pretty famous, but not J.K. Simmons. I don't know. He's Jewish. Jerry Seinfeld. No. Another J. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Jonah Hill. Oh, interesting. He sat behind you. You got better tickets than Jonah Hill? Yeah. A row up. Damn. Take that, Jonah Hill. What row were you? Do you remember? <sighs> Actually, uh, first 10 rows, definitely. So, like... These were some prime prime tickets. And, dude, Ben Platt was just so talented. So, anyways, they played a bunch of songs at Tramp Stamp Granny's. Mike, you fell in love. <laughs> we had fun. You did. There was, there was uh, also the bartenders and just, like, other people who were there. We're given mics to yeah, sing as well. It kind of like turns. It's like kind of like a coyote ugly situation. Yes. now. I think they're trying to like lean more into that. But, I had never. I've been to Transstamp Grannies and were the waitresses or bartenders getting up on the bar and singing the songs. Yeah, they were ripping, and mostly it was like the audience and the crowd singing, and then the piano player would like help a little bit because. But the crowd there was just. That's like it was like going to a concert. Yeah, it was so much. It's so much better than like a bar where everyone's just kind of standing around waiting for drinks. Like, Have you been to a lot of dueling piano bars? Uh, I've never been to Tramp Stamp Granny's. I've never been to a piano bar. You've never, never been, to... been to like a proper dueling piano no, bar. No, no, oh, no, no. Man, I would love to go. Those are even, I think, more fun. I would say Tramp Stamp Granny's though is a very heavily musical centric like fan base. Okay. Like that's where their specialty is are the musicals. It does um, seem to draw a musical theater crowd because everyone there knew every word and they were all singing like pretty in key and it it was it was a that was a blast. Oh yeah, it was a really really good time. I that's a that's a great gig to have if you're you know a musician and you need like a little nightlife job to go perform at a at a piano bar. Yeah, it was really cool. I'm glad we went. And I'm, the first place we were gonna go was closed for a private event and everyone in line was wearing tuxedos except for us whoops and we got to the front and they were like you're not here for the event are you and we're like uh no we are and they're like no you're not because it's black tie and we were like okay what was the event for no idea couldn't tell you they didn't tell us uh but that's what i like to say turning obstacles into opportunities there you go first bar was closed let's go to a second one had arguably one of the most fun nights i've had in a long time Good, man. We'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Talkspace. You know, Matt, sometimes life can get you down and it can affect your life. It would be helpful to talk to a therapist, but some people aren't sure how to get started. Thankfully, Talkspace has made it easy to find a therapist that you'll like. It's convenient to meet online, at home, where you're most comfortable. Talkspace has made a huge difference in the lives of so many people. And you may be someone who thinks seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't really have the time to actually find one and meet up with them or, hey, even afford them. So try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and most importantly, affordable. Why wait? Some people wait until something bad happens to talk to a therapist. But why wait? You can get a therapist through Talkspace. Therapy can help you shift your perspective 
find tools to cope in difficult times, and be a guiding light. Getting started is the important part, and Talkspace makes it easy and affordable. And with Talkspace, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. And it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your own home. Talkspace is affordable and in-network with most major insurers. And as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash HH. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace space.com slash hh to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. That is talkspace.com slash hh. Now back to the episode. Did you yeah. hear I started a book club? Yeah, I did hear you started a book club. You want to share this with the audience? I'm very excited. Guys, I'm starting a book club. Hopefully one day this book club becomes massive. Hopefully it becomes bigger than Oprah's book club, Reese Witherspoon's book club, Emma Robertson's. My book club is coming for all of you. <laughs> Uh, but no, we just started like a, a private group right now. It's like me, Connor Franta, Will Derbyshire, and my brother Kevin, and we just finished our first book. We thought we were going to assign just a book a month. Mm. We all finished our book within a week. The first book we read, "The Perfect Marriage," okay, by Geneva Rose. Okay, great page turner. <laughs> Super easy. Honestly, a little too easy. Kind of not my style for like a book. You kind of can roll your eyes. Or, you know, it's a little cliche, a little cringy, but man, are the twists so good. Oh, yeah. All of us were addicted to it. We're also all now meeting up uh, for our first meeting, and then we've already picked out our second book. Oh, you did select it. And I told you that we were interested in having you part of this book club, Mike, but I think you've read this book. Oh. I know because you have this book. I think on your coffee table. Which book? Try to guess. Which book that you guys are reading next? This, yeah, this next book. That's on my coffee table. It's Is on it your coffee Kurt table. Kurt Vonnegut. Yes. Which book? Slaughterhouse Five. Okay. Have you read it? I read it in high school, and I barely remember it. And Adam Melcher also just finished reading it and said it was incredible. And I literally was going to start reading that next. Oh. Okay. Well, great. Can I join you on this? Book? Yes. Okay. You just can't come to the meeting tonight. Why not? Because we're going to be talking about the past book we read. Oh, not Slaughterhouse-Five. No. Okay. But we will probably be meeting. I don't even know because we kind of have Thanksgiving break and all this stuff coming up. So mm. I don't know when our next meeting will be. But you got to read fast, man. This do, you, group... do you guys do like assigned readings through a certain page and then you discuss at that point? Or it's just let's finish the book and go? Uh, we th Once again, we thought that it was going to be at the end of the month when everyone finished. But Connor read his in like two days. And then we all just like caught up so. but isn't part of the book club where you like kind of don't read the whole thing in one shot so you can we have like a group chat chat and we text like where's everyone at what page you at oh oh my gosh but no spoilers okay and then when we get up we'll all just discuss it okay i think isn't part of the book club though where you like you don't finish the whole book before you talk about it like we'll be halfway through it's like watching a series where halfway through or a quarter of the way through we'll Oh my God! Can you believe this character is going to do this, or what do you think is going to happen? I guess we should set some like benchmark pages to like read up to or chapters to be like let's let's have a like a meeting before we. But if everyone's reading it in three days, uh, if, if people are just uh, good point, maybe you could bring that up at the when, meeting. Okay, yeah, when you first get uh, involved, and then next up, uh, there's some books that we have in mind. I definitely want something a little bit more wintry. Uh, for, oh, like, yes. for the Christmas vibes. There was actually a really great Hanukkah book that came across my TikTok page recently. Actually, it's called The Matzah Ball. <laughs> I've, I will write that down. <laughs> I, it, well, because there's tons of, like, you know, little smut Christmas books. 
And okay. I've been like looking for a good Christmas one, and then sure enough, there was a, a Hanukkah themed one, the matzah ball. Do you know who it's by? I'm mm, sure I can find. I it. screenshotted it in my phone. Let me bring it up, and it was I think last night when I screenshot it. It by Gene Meltzer, the matzah ball, <laughs> and it's a smut Hanukkah book. It's the Hanukkah event of the season and the feud of the century. Oh, that sounds. That sounds kind of fun. It sounds like a Carly and Aaron book. But... I think so. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a girly one, but I, who knows? We I, might have a little wild card in the mix. Who, who, what is this uh, lovely sweater you're wearing? Oh, the sweater I'm wearing? It's from Alex Blom Creates. It's very festive. Thank you. She always sends me the best festive wear. She has a great Halloween collection. She also has a great seasonal collection. And I think she does just uh, some good, like regional location, like shirts and sweaters and stuff as well. Yeah, I really like that. Thank and you. You can't see it from where you're sitting or where you're viewing us, but we also have a TV, which we've never had before. Yeah, we got notes. Live on screen, Matt has his iPad connected to the TV, so like we can kind of see and talk about things that we can then put on screen. Our next episode, we can give a little teaser, is going to be a New York Times crossword, how to solve the New York Times crossword. We're going to do a one-hour extravaganza episode. That's right. Um, so stay tuned for that next week, and we're going to be doing lots of cool, like... Different types of content now that we have the desk, the iPad, the computer, the TV. Like, Yeah, it's going to be a pull-up-that-clip kind of situation. <laughs> Hopefully it goes all smoothly. So if you ever see us, though, on video and we're looking up at the TV. Yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's kind of nice. It also serves as maybe a little bit of a key light, too. What does a key light mean? I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it sounded good. <laughs> um, okay, book club is exciting. Yes. I, I definitely want to get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Will it be sacrilege if I audiobook it? You know, we've talked about this on Good Influences, right? Yes, yes. I'm fine with it. If that's how you want to read it, then read it. Okay. But it just will allow me to ensure that I get it done because reading, you really can't do anything else. But there's a lot of time where I can be con- consuming the content of the book on a 30-minute drive here while I'm making dinner. You know, This is a controversial take, too. Okay. There's certain books where I think... You're allowed to speed read. Like, sure. I mean, oh, read yeah. between the lines. I do that a lot. Yeah. The Perfect Marriage, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I was skipping through that book. Yeah, I it, mean, you can just, you can ignore all of the paragraphs mm-hmm. and just read the quotations mm-hmm. and you know exactly what's going on. You can look at a paragraph, be like, all right, uh, I get just the had, jits. They had nothing but to do. But you're doing audiobook, though, you have to sit through all of that. That is fair. And you know what? I take that back. Kurt Vonnegut is an author who deserves. The physical. Can you give me a teaser of Slaughterhouse Five? Do you know anything about the book and what it's yes, about? I believe, and again, I haven't read this since high school, so I might be wrong on some of this. It's about a person named Billy Pilgrim, who I believe is a World War II vet that was experiencing the Dresden bombings, but he gets what's called unstuck in time, and so the book kind of travels between different times. That's what I remember. From is it, it confusing? I don't think so. Oh, I think I, I, all the reviews I've read are very positive. It's about like one it. of the most um, classic American pieces of literature in, in the modern era. And Kurt Vonnegut is just—he's my. It's crazy that I call him my favorite author when I haven't read Slaughterhouse Five, but <laughs> like his short stories are just so good. He and, wrote like Hocus Pocus, Cat's Cradle, yep. all of those. There's a yeah. good. Apparently, there's like a documentary about Kurt Vonnegut out right now that's very, very good on Hulu. I watched it. Oh, with, directed yes. by the guy who does a lot of the Kirby Enthusiasm episodes. That's right. Robert Whitey. Okay. Yeah. So I need to check it's it out. It's on Hulu. Kurt Vonnegut, also from Indiana. Who else is from Indiana? Your mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I said it. 
Um, that's exciting. Yeah. Maybe Adam can also join in the next book club because he'll be back from his oh, tour. Oh, do you think so? He'd and he just—he literally just finished it. This this could be a huge movement. This could be big for us. Pretty pretty damn big, Mike. Okay, what do we have next on the screen? Uh, I got a new car. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> that's okay. That's some clickbait, but you can explain what happened. So. Had a car, I, <laughs> my current car, um, I got something in the mail saying that there was a recall, an electrical recall on something <laughs> electric in the car. And they offered like free maintenance for me to come in and just get the car checked out. I got there and he goes, anything else wrong with the car? And I said, well, my coolant light is, always says it's low and i know that's not true because my coolant is fine in my car and i've read on like defender forums that and you're a big car guy you spent a lot of years in the garage you know when coolant's low absolutely not i don't even know really what coolant does take a guess um well it's an engine and engines run really really hot and so i assume that you need coolant to help moderate the temperature of the engine i don't know but that sounds right okay also wait coolant no is involved with uh keeping cool ac Oh uh, yes, I think you no, need I think cool, it's freon. coolant. Oh yeah, you're right. That's that's when your AC doesn't work. You need freon. That's what it is. Okay, so your coolant's running low. My but coolant you looked running online. low, but I thought no, it's not running low. It's just that the uh, the reader of the coolant is just off. And so I told them that, but they ended up looking at the car and they said, actually, we noticed there's a tiny leak in your car, and we need to get a new part, and that part won't be in until next week. So we're, you're going to be without a car, and then you were like asking for a loaner. But well, yeah, that's usually when you go to a dealership. That's what they're supposed to do. It's one of the benefits of going to a reputable dealership is if you have a problem and they have to take your car, they give you a loaner. Usually, it's something pretty nice because they and this is a pretty nice. It, they they ended up giving me yeah a Range Rover Velar. How do you spell Which is that? like the V E L A R. Okay. And it's kind of like the expensive. It's like the, the the rich mom version of the Range Rover. Okay. Two door, four door? Four door. Okay. But it's so low to the ground. It feels like you're driving a sedan. Oh, I don't know. And like there's that. no bells and whistles at all. I mean, it's kind of like a Tesla. Like, there's no knob to turn on the AC, there's no knob to turn up the volume Ugh. except on the steering wheel. That is the worst. One of the worst decisions that car manufacturers are making is to take away physical buttons yeah. and do everything on a screen it's do so you, frustrating do you think we're going to lean back more into that version of technology i don't think so and i, I think, think it's, analog tech though will come back i think it'll be like retrofitting it i know that car companies want to do it because it's much cheaper for them to just put it all on a screen rather than like wiring up each individual button it's much easier, like what Tesla did is like basically show everyone, hey, you can actually save a lot of money oh. if you have no knobs and no switches. So a lot it of, seems more distracting though. It like is. I don't have I don't want to look at a screen while my eyes are on the road to figure out how the hell to turn on AC. I can just do it and feel the knob and it's turn it on. Fundamentally more unsafe. And what I've seen now is like companies are making like little dashboards of buttons that you then like stick to the bottom of your screen. And then you use Bluetooth to like oh. connect the buttons to the different things. I'm thinking about getting one of them for my Tesla because I hate like when you want to change the AC, turn it on and off. You're driving. You could be going 60 miles an hour. You need to look at a screen, tap on a menu, tap on an item, tap on the right button. Absolutely not. No. Terrible decision. Auto manufacturers, if you're listening to this, if your dad works for BMW, <laughs> tell them to put the buttons back in the cars. We don't want to do stuff on your screens anymore. It's Enough. Pretty, it's a pretty hot car, though. 
Are you liking the driving it, or are you like, I want my car back? It kind of feels so delicate. You're like, I don't want to. You don't want anything to happen to it. No, I know. I'm just not used to driving it. And but um, but yeah, I got a new car, but not really. And have you been driving it around Uh, a little bit here and there, using it to get some groceries? Uh, No. Oh, yes, yes, we do pick it. do groceries. I'm now a big pickup grocery guy. Yeah, I know. You're very into that. Where do you what's your grocery store of choice these Ralph's. days? Oh, interesting. Though, even though I live by Gelson's, the Gelson's is so expensive. Ralph's is pretty expensive too. I just went to Trader Joe's for the first time in but a Ralph's long time. At least gives you like coupons in the app. I do. I love the coupons. Do you use them? If, if, if it's part of my grocery list yeah. and it says there's a coupon. My yeah, only I concern with when you have the guy or girl going to pick up your groceries for you is like if they don't get the right thing, it's a huge pain in the ass. Oh, like, yeah. Do you check your bag when they bring it to you? And no, you're like, when I got home, though, I asked for like a 12 pack of like protein bars, and I think that was like $20. And I came back with my groceries, and there was only one protein bar in it. And I was like, uh oh, you guys messed up. And did you tell them, and they fixed yes, it? Yes, I or did. No? And I think they gave me credit then for my next uh, order. Okay, that's good. Yeah. If you, if you make it clear. But just shopping for groceries takes so long yeah it's like at least 45 minutes to an hour and i never know where anything is <laughs> I, I think a ralph's is pretty well laid out i i think so you know i noticed like in japan their grocery carts guys there's three things i love in this world one doing this podcast two my lovely wife and three saving money and that's why i i found so much peace when it comes to my financial planning is with rocket money I've been using Rocket Money. Matt's been using Rocket Money since we first found out about them almost two years ago at this point. I love it. I check it every day. Every month, they're sending me my reports, and they cancel unwanted subscriptions that I may have forgotten about that I definitely forgot about. They have saved both of us so much money. Do you struggle with saving money every month? Because with Rocket Money, you can quickly identify all the sneaky subscriptions that keep charging you month after month, and you can cancel the ones that you no longer use. It's such an easy way to start saving money. And what also blew my mind is when I found out that 80% of people have subscriptions that they have forgotten about. It is too easy to subscribe to a free trial of something and then completely forget about it once you stop using it. And right as the monthly charges start rolling in. That's why I am such a big fan of Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all of your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you a notification when you've reached your spending limit. With over 5 million users and counting, Rocket Money has helped save its customers an average of $720 a year and $1 billion in total savings so far. So stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash hoot. That is rocketmoney.com slash hoot once again rocketmoney.com slash hoot and now back to the episode they at least have a map they have the maps on the cart yeah they do that's kind of sick how but how detailed are these maps enough to where you could figure out the product that you're looking for which aisle it's in like it's at least you know what's above the aisle like the generic things like this is the pasta aisle this is the bread aisle all of that stuff so you can figure it out but the reason why they don't want to do that especially in america i don't know if it's just the style of how they want consumers to buy things but they want you to stay in the grocery store longer so you can hopefully buy other things right and you know the psychology of like how they put the they put the healthiest things in the front 
and the most unhealthy things at the end of the grocery path that they want to bring you down. And the theory is when you go to the grocery store, if the first thing that you saw was like all the junk food and all the snacks, you wouldn't buy it because you're like, I don't need that. I don't want it. Like, let me go get what I need. But the psychology is you go through all of the fruits and vegetables and the healthy stuff. You get all your healthy stuff. You go through, get your pasta, whatever. And then as you're snaking through to the last section of the grocery store, that's where all the junk food, chips, snacks are. And the theory is you're going to think to yourself, well, I already got all my healthy stuff. What's what's one or two bags of chips? What's one or two boxes of donuts? And you've you've sort of. You're not, it's not, you don't feel as guilty oh. because you're at the end of your trip already and it's like, may as well throw this but in. But have you ever noticed the produce section is always to the left, though? Yes. Shouldn't it be to the right? Because, well, there's like studies that say the psychology and patterns behind crowds move is that typically people go to the right. Yes. So they say stick to the left. Like if you go to Disneyland, yes. uh, you know, insider tips that you hear, they yes. always say, go to the left, go to the left, because people will psychologically go to the right. And if you go right. to the left, you're less likely to run into crowds and you're less likely to run into lines. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's also just the way like a store set up where usually you can tell where like the carts are available and then the carts, you put them away on the right side. But I also think that I mean, specifically at Ralph's, I don't know if every grocery store is like this, but they, if the produce is on the left, they put all of the checkout lanes in the right. So it kind of feels like, oh, this is the end. I got to go away from this. And they kind of force you to go to the left. Okay. But another question I have, and this isn't me complaining about the world, the state of the world these days, but I'm always thinking about it. And I'm not an impatient person when it comes to standing in a line, but it baffles me how many checkout lanes there are in a standard grocery store and how only two or three are working. Oh, yeah. Are they ever prepared for this like big day where every single uh, checkout lane is supposed to be manned by somebody? It's was it the original plan is that there were always going to be 12 people working there at one at one time? Yes, but hyper capitalism and the The, perpetual need to have. The shortage of jobs? No, it's just when you're the CEO of Ralph's and you're paying 12 people to be one in each checkout lane and stockholders are like, hey, how do we get more money for next quarter? They fire a bunch of people and the consumer has to wait longer in line, but they're paying less people per hour, so their stock price goes up. Wow. It's basically why everything in America sucks right now is because capitalism is sort of just like peaked and this perpetual need to like always make more money and make more money and make more money it just the natural progression there is things just get shittier because they cut costs how do we fix it i don't know it's a big question for uh, a lot of people right now and there's like a lot of different economic theories like people think that there needs to be like a human uh what's the word? human capitalism where it's like how do we make things actually better for people and not just better for shareholders and more money i don't know the answer but i think people like will choose a place like Trader Joe's, which, again, also a big capitalist company, but like companies that are actually putting effort into making the experience better versus just trying to make as much money as possible, people will start to choose those companies more, and it will force companies to compete, is the theory. Like, have you ever been to Trader Joe's? I love Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's great. There's always... Except sometimes you can't find the damn thing that you came there for. Well, they do discontinue things sometimes, which is frustrating. I know, but sometimes it's like the essential things that you need for a recipe that are like... 
basics. Like eggs? Uh, yeah, eggs. I'm trying to think of exactly what it is I'm thinking of. It's like flour or sh- like sugar or like shortening pepper. Or yeah. Like, Stock. Yes. Even though I they know that, that those there. are there. But yeah, sometimes. People, people are always saying this like, oh, yeah, I got to go to Trader Joe's and then I have to go to a real grocery store to get my groceries. And yes. it's like, but like, what do they not have there? I was just there yesterday. I think they have everything. Do you know about like the hidden, uh, like the hidden little mascots for every single Trader Joe's? No. It's mostly for kids, but there's like this hidden, uh, like character that they have. It's usually like a stuffed animal of sorts, and maybe like a Sesame Street character, or it's like a shark or a peacock. Huh. It's like a plush animal, and they'll hide it around every single day. And if you're able to find it, and you tell them that you found it, and you know where it's at, you get to pick a piece of candy out of the prize box really you never known about this never heard about this oh, i'm so not yeah. a big trader joe's guy i never really oh i i do it every time i go and you they find ki- it I, yeah i kind of get weird looks because i truly think it's just for kids <laughs> but yeah every trader Dro- joe's has one. Oh, also you know what i found out huh um so chuck e cheese's my former employer from <laughs> when i was 16 years old is yeah. getting rid of now all of the animatronics across the entire country okay and and i think what they mean by animatronics is they're talking about the band which is what the marvelous uh imaginary band or make-believe it's the marvelous make-believe band i believe which like pasquale chucky the the cheerleading duck and um whatever the grimace looking guy and when i worked at chucky cheeses we just had a green screen and one animatronic chucky but this is devastating that now they're getting rid of all the animatronic bands because it's just costing them too much. And I understand. And all I also learned all the animatronic bands are still run on floppy disks. Whoa. Like the programming is on a floppy disk. It's on a floppy disk. They That's insane. Never updated the technology and so they're getting rid of all of them, and it's so funny the timing of them putting out this announcement and all the hype that's been around Five Nights at Freddy's. Do you know what that is? Yes. And that movie is based on uh, a young boy. It's based on a video game, which I've never played, but basically you're working like security at a old abandoned Chuck E. Cheese okay. kids game parlor with an animatronic band, okay. and the animatronics scare you. So there's all these hype, and everyone's all all upset that these animatronic bands are going away. But I found out that the only Chuck E. Cheese that is still keeping their marvelous make-believe animatronic band is in the L.A. area. Should we take a pilgrimage? Should we? we? Do you know what they're doing instead of the animatronics? Uh, What are they doing? They're actually going to train animals to play instruments. (laughs) And it's it's a big investment, and it's a huge risk. I have seen an animal-playing band before. What? I have. I have, Mike. Like it's, a dog playing a guitar? No, it's a bunch of cats. Playing actual instruments? Playing actual instruments. It's called the Acro Cats. It's a traveling troupe of acrobat- acrobatic cats, and they are also known as the Rock Cats, and they all play instruments. I went and saw them in college, <laughs> and let me tell you, the Rock Cats are a sight to see. They're not actually playing the instruments. Well... Good question. Good, good uh, assumption, Mike. So the Acro Cats, yeah, it's this lady. She's a bunch of cats, and she comes out, and she makes them do a bunch of different things. And the final act of the show is that she gets them to play these instruments. And basically, they're trained. They're just begging for treats, and they just know to go up to the instruments and strum away, and they play a music track behind it. Where did you see this? Uh, I saw this when I was in Austin, and I, I took a, I took a girl on a date to it, and it was actually one of the best, like, fun dates ever. How long is the show? 
like probably an hour. Minutes. Probably an hour. And Watching it's not just cats all, do not, stuff. Not just all cats. She also brings out a groundhog. What? A, gro- a bowling groundhog. Okay. And um, and I think they also have like a duck as well. Maybe like a chicken. So this woman's trained her cats to... She has a full-on tour bus and a full-on team. I wonder if like the main cat, his name is Tuna. Now I think that Tuna the cat, it's a bit like Shamu. I think she may be on her third or fourth Tuna, but I was devastated the day that Tuna passed away. You and get the updates, you get the Google alerts. For yeah, Tuna. I follow her on Facebook. And <laughs> oh my it's God. such a great show. But yes, if we want to talk about me seeing some animals actually perform, I have seen the rock cats. That is not what I was expecting when I made that little joke about <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese's, but that's interesting. But I really do want to go to the Chuck E. Cheese, though I'm conflicted because when I worked at Chuck E. Cheese's, they said, and when I worked at the checkout stand, you know, every guest that comes together leaves together. You need to make sure that the kid that came in with the adult is leaving with the adult oh, that brought them right, there. right. And they did, I remember during training, they said, usually we don't allow just an adult to walk in without a child. There's a Zach Galifianakis joke from when he was like big and burly and looked with his beard and he just goes, when when you look like me, it's hard to get a table for one at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Which I imagine is probably pretty true. They don't want random single men. But since the company's going bankrupt, I think they're They'll like, take all the customers they come can get. in. Oh, God. So I really want to go see the animatronic band because who knows how long it's going to last. I wonder if you can buy those floppy disks on eBay. And like figure out how to use like program it into a different possibly you know bring back the animatronics bring and them back do they still have McDonald's play places I feel like they got rid of all those too no I haven't I haven't seen one in a minute have you used to go in them right big time did yeah. you ever have like a town or was your McDonald's play place incredible or did you have one that was in a next by town that was even better I. F- can't remember. I know the one that I went to was sick. There was a ball pit. There was all the little tunnels you can crawl through. Did they have the space theme? I don't think so. Oh, man. The worst was the rows of netting. Do you remember those? It would be like nets, and like you, there was just like rows of nets, and you would like fall through them and just scrape your was arms. Was that really at McDonald's? You you might be getting this one confused with like Discovery Zone or Fun Fest or these like... Discovery Zone sounds right, but I kind of remember... Like the, it was like the colorful tunnels. They had like the plastic bubbles okay. that you could look through. Oh, okay, yes. And yes. it was like a full. Ta- there was yes. a ball pit. Yes, I think it was pretty serious. Wow, damn bummer! Ball pits, man, just came and went. <laughs> ball pits were the idea of a ball pit. Hell yeah! Actually, I think if you privately want a ball pit in your own house, do it. How long do you think you would enjoy being in a ball pit in 2023? How many seconds before you're like, okay, I'm done? Five this. minutes. <laughs> Five minutes. Longer than a trampoline. Trampolines, man. They wind you out. They, Yeah. When I was on a trampoline as a kid, I was on there all night. Yeah, hours. 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 Get on a trampoline as, a, as an adult. You're like, it's, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I am done. Or Did like you, a bounce house. Oh, I still it's love a bounce exhausting. house. exhausting. You're but, in there for 30 seconds and you want to throw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you ever have a trampoline as a kid? Sure did. Did your trampoline have netting on the sides, or were you guys like no, living we were, dangerously? Yeah, we were living dangerously. Shit. We we put it next to the pool and would diving would jump from the thing into the pool. No way. Yeah, it was so much fun. Now were you doing like backflips? Oh, all aerials, of it. Gainers, all gainers, everything. Yeah. Did you ever do the whole uh, the whole I don't know shtick where you took your uh, wheels off your skateboard? Oh, and yeah. And then put that on the trampoline yes, and we yes. do kickflips. Yes, that's oh. the best. You just feel like Tony Hawk. Oh, man. There's nothing like that. Trampolines, 
I think are one of the most dangerous things you can get for a kid, though. Like definitely. Is, like the, I read something in like when you see those things in uh, Reddit or like TikTok or things I would never or buy. People it. who's like, I'm a neurosurgeon. These yes. are things that I would never like buy for your kids and never take them. Trampoline parks too. Yeah. People go to trampoline parks and die. People go to trampoline parks and walk out never being able to walk again. I know it's insane. It's truly nuts. I do love a trampoline park though. The idea of a trampoline angled up against a wall. Yeah, it seems so much fun. Knowing you could do a backflip off that? Yeah. <laughs> what a rush. When I see those people doing the bounce and then they like go to the ledge. Oh my god. It seems so sick. You ever did you ever go to like a skate park with a foam pit? <sighs> I would go to skate parks and just like have stand around. <laughs> the biggest identity crisis at a skate park because Why? Because I couldn't do any tricks. But could, did you I was skateboard? Skate, I wasn't skateboarding. I was a, I was a blader. Okay, I was a soul skater. All right, <laughs> a roller blader. Soul skater. Did you ever see Brink? No. Inline see skates, right, with, guys? In, Mike doesn't even know what Brink is. Inline skates, right? Inline skates. Yes. Yeah. And I would just go there, and I, all I was, was trying to do was just dip in casually on like a quarter pipe. The foam pits, though, that's that's the whole reason to go to the skate park. Oh, we never had a foam pit at our skate oh, park. Oh, Matt King, you do not know the pleasures of being at the highest possible ramp in the place. You look down, and you know, once you just get past the first drop, you go in the air, and you could just do whatever the hell you want because you're landing in a foam pit. Fuck it's, yeah. You could, uh, you're skateboarding, backflip into the foam pit, landing on your neck, and nothing happens. I, I would go to like open gyms. Did you ever do gymnastics as a kid? I sure did. I love gymnastics. Same. But I called it ninja training. <laughs> like I was like too embarrassed to say I did gymnastics, but for me it was just like ninja training. Yeah, I, I think I didn't realize gymnastics was, quote, for girls until like I had done doing it. Like we did it for like a year or two. And then I saw like some movie and it was like only girls doing it. I was like, huh, that was only for girls. Yeah, it, I, I did feel like a little bit of like embarrassment by it, but I really dug gymnastics. I just wanted to learn how to do a backflip and I never got to the class where they teach you how to do a damn backflip. We were just like learning how to salute. Do you remember just salute? Yeah. Did you ever go on the that. thing with the, the, the pummel horse? Yeah. Where you put your hands up and you're spinning around? I was really good at that. Oh, I love that. It's easy when you're a kid because you weigh like 40 pounds. It's not that hard to lift up 40 pounds. Did, could you ever do a backflip at any point in your life? I don't think so. I used to be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Uncommon Goods. If you want to hear, hey, where'd you get that? This holiday season, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Let me tell you, the shopping this year, this month, this week, today on Uncommon Goods is truly remarkable. I don't want to spoil what I've gotten because I'm getting a few friends that maybe watch the show a couple of really nice things. I highly encourage you to check out the site because the stuff they have on there is truly remarkable. Make sure to use our, our link at the end of this to get a product or a gift for someone that you love. And when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches, so shop now before they sell out this holiday season. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the US. They have the most meaningful, out of the ordinary gifts from anywhere. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not the same lackluster gifts you can find just anywhere. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. 
So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash hoot. That is uncommongoods.com slash hoot for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer, Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. Now back to the episode. To be able to do some like a gainer off of a diving board or you would did you ever do like the the running trampoline into the foam pit no you didn't have that at your gymnastics gym? i don't think so oh dude we it was mostly like the the rings and like the yeah the ba- balance bar and that stuff but i didn't we never got too crazy with it a backflip no my sam can do a backflip i could do a backflip on a trampoline sam can just do a backflip right now did it, okay was there a time in your life where you realized that your brother was learning a backflip and you weren't learning how to do a backflip because if my brother was learning how to do a backflip and could do a backflip i would have to be like no i i knew sam was learning a backflip and i was like there's just no way i can do it how, he like how old was he probably like 11 or 12 or 13 Shit. and he just dedicated himself to learning did he a, backflip? Have a buddy who knew how to do a backflip and was teaching him how to yeah. do it yeah because you gotta have like a spotter you need to have somebody yes. to yes. get you up and get those legs over i think it might have been my dad helping him what yeah damn he, we were just doing whatever yeah we, we used to fight him and like box with him too like oh my dad'd be like you're gonna hurt yourself we are not doing this. no no my dad would like be like no no no, come on let's figure it out did, we, did he learn how to do a back handspring first and yeah that's tuck? what it was he was good he was really good at back because we also did taekwondo three times a week are they teaching your flips in taekwondo oh, yeah what's the difference between taekwondo and karate taekwondo you kind of wear a bit of armor right no karate is japanese martial arts taekwondo is korean martial arts Kung Fu, Chinese Taekwondo martial arts. Taekwondo is Korean. Yes. Annyeonghaseyo. Kamsamyuda. What does that mean? Annyeonghaseyo is hello in Korean. Annyeong. I know that. Hello. And then Kamsamyuda is thank you. I just wrote that down on my goals list the other day was to learn Korean. Because I really want to go to Korea. Yeah. So that's that. And there's obviously differences in like what you do in Taekwondo. I think Taekwondo is more. Are there colored belts? Are you working up to black belt? Sure are. Yeah. Okay. I was a I was a black belt. Double black belt. Yes. What's the difference between black belt and double black belt? Uh, Double black belt's better than a black belt. In in Taekwondo, they call degrees. So you're a first degree black belt, second degree, third degree, fourth degree. I think the master is a seventh or tenth degree black belt. I got up to second degree, and then I, I think you can't even be a third degree until you're a certain age. When I was like 13, so. did you ever take those like uh, photos? Remember, like oh, I'm trying to find them. You know, like when you would go get your like picture day for you guys karate? did that with Liza for a video. Remember? Yeah. Oh th- no, we did like a. F- oh yes, we did. We did do. Yeah. Actually, did we learn Taekwondo? I think I it might like have been Taekwondo. It yeah. was Taekwondo. Yeah. Oh, and we did those like photos of yeah. us. Uh, like those old 90s photographs of kids getting there. Uh, yeah. Were you a big Three Ninjas fan? Not really. How? Three Ninjas Taekwondo. Kickback. Three Ninjas Kickback. Uh, 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 Mighty Mountain, the one with Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. I probably saw that one. Three Ninjas Strikes Again. Do I got to like type these in on Letterboxd now? Like that's not something I would put on Letterboxd that I saw Three Ninjas. Like, no, Is that helping anybody? More, it was just more of a rite of passage. I just can't believe you were actually doing Taekwondo and you didn't, weren't watching the Three Ninjas. I was doing the real thing. Rocky, I'm going to go watch a movie. Do you remember their names? No. Rocky, Bowenkel. Colt, and Tum Tum. Uh, and Rocky loves Emily. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't remember that at all. Dude, Three Ninjas were unhinged. Three brothers... Who have this Japanese grandfather, and I don't think it's ever established that they're are they bio are they're biologically related to this guy because mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. mom was sure uh, enough just this white woman. Yeah, and they go spend their summers learning under 
this master this master and they only use their skills when needed even though they like still kick ass on the playground and shit and then they end up like defeating uh an entire like drug lord in law and three children yes beat a drug lord and then there's the and then the one the mighty mountain or magic mountain with hulk hogan a terrorist organization decides to um hold a okay. whole theme park hostage whole theme park <laughs> okay and these three kids under the and age these of three 12, kids 12, uh, uh, managed to stop it that's kind of insane and and there's even like uh i remember they stopped one of the rides mid-loop and hold the people hostage like how long can a human last upside down upside down i think you pass out pretty quickly and then you die no i don't think you die should we look up how long can a human last? yeah sure oh this is making my stomach churn you how think- long can a human live hanging upside down when you and patricia have children will you make them do martial arts i'm gonna let my kids do whatever they hanging upside down five for more to than 25. ten minutes <gasps> No, five to ten can be very deadly. For more, more than, than 24, 24 hours, hours can cause you to suffocate. As, jeez. <laughs> uh, Matt's typing in three ninjas upside down roller coaster scene right yeah, now. Yeah, they hold those people hostage upside down. That's crazy. They're stuck. Like, they're stuck like this. And they're battling, I think, on the top. High Noon at Mega Mountain was the name of that it. That is crazy. Wow, yeah. Hulk Hogan. Um, I would suggest having children. I think children should do martial arts. It's such good mental. And I like- felt like I had a kid who was like a biter, a fighter, like like no physically even- out of line and was hitting people. I'd be like, okay, let's learn. Right, but what to- about a kid who's just like a nerd? And like, then he just needs to learn how to fight. Yeah, or just I, it's not even about the fighting. Like the thing that I remember is like it was really, and maybe this was because I had a really good teacher. But it's like they teach you about respecting your elders. They teach you about like managing your emotions when you're crying because you're six years old and you can't break the wooden board. And you're six, like you have to learn to focus your energy, put it into your hand, take that, and push through. Like, and you, you're learning these like. Incredible life skills that I think really serve you Actually, for the long maybe term. Maybe I do like the idea of my kids doing MMA martial is arts. like that's to me that's just full blown blood sport. Like you're just learning how to kill somebody, but like martial arts usually is more mental than physical. But is it just like you're go you're showing up to the class, you're learning the moves, you go home. Are there competitions on the weekend? Are you working up to tournaments? Well, or? you you work up to like get through different belts so you have to like train and you have to you know learn your forms and do that and then also you have to spar with people and like win so you have to like use your brain to kick them expensive how much are these i i never realized how uh how much baseball was as a kid or like how much is a karate class i don't know how my parents were doing it they we each took two music lessons and karate three times a week wow all the brothers at the same time yes all four yes so like we had i was doing drums and guitar Sandro and Johnny were doing piano and guitar. A lesson a week in each instrument, plus practice every day, plus we went to karate three times a week. Damn. We were booked and busy as kids. I was just doing, like, baseball. You were watching Disney Channel Originals. <laughs> Disney Channel Original movies, that's right. Um, what else did you have on your list, Matt, as we oh, come what to the else? Here? I mean, some stuff we're going to cover in the next one. No, that's kind of it. I mean, I've seen some good movies lately, but I kind of talked about on my Snapchat today. Uh, you want to talk about Connections before we go into our next episode, which will be yeah. next week? Well, what do you want to talk about Connections for? You haven't done it for today, right? I did. Oh, you did? I, I thought we I could failed. do it together. I failed. Oh. 
I'm so sorry. I, I, I buddy, I was looking at connections today, buddy, buddy, <laughs> and I couldn't even like figure out one connection between all. Of Here's them. mine for connections. For those who don't know, in the New York Times crossword app, they have other games. Connections is a new game that we've been playing in our spelling bee and New York Times group chat. They give you a list of 16 words, and you basically try and pick groups of four that are all related. But they'll do it in such a way that you'll pick four that should be related, but it's wrong because there's actually a different relation that you didn't see later on. First thing I do is I always shuffle it because I don't like the way that they lay it out. Because they lay it out on purpose. To mess with your mind. You right. think you immediately see a connection. In... It'll be like BMW, GM, Yeah, there's Ford. like kick and ball. And you're right. like, oh, kick ball. Yeah, and it's, those two are definitely not right. My strategy is just to find the weirdest word in it. The one that makes zero sense. Right. And then you think backwards on that. And that's how I figure it out. Like right now, I think it's the word dolly. Or was that yesterday? But the other thing that I think is really funny, which I think we need a new joke. But anytime the connections is extremely difficult... We threatened to send anthrax to the New York <laughs> Times, and uh, we, we come up with different ways to express our frustration with how difficult the connections are. So, you know, we'll send a link for how to mail anthrax. Right. We'll send a link for like the chemical composition of anthrax. I was trying to think of an anthrax one today, but I was just so upset <laughs> that I couldn't even do it. Did you have you ever seen the movie Aquila and the Bee? Mm, yes, I did. It's it was about like the Kiki, spelling bee. Kiki Palmer, yeah, and. Lawrence Fishburne. It's like a young girl who's like a spelling bee whiz. Yes. Yeah. Um, especially the Karate Kid, but for the spelling bee. And it's such a good, like, heartwarming film. I had never seen it, and I fell in love with it. Did you ever have the spelling bee when you were younger? Yeah. I smoked it every time. Did you? Okay. Did you win your school, and did you go on to districts? I mean, it was a Jewish private school with, like, eight kids in the class. Oh, so. and they don't think, like, they recognize you guys no. on, like, a, a state level? We were not chartered, no. Um, it happens. Yeah, I remember like we would have to do the spelling bee just in our classroom, and if you were the best one in the classroom, then you went on to the school spelling bee. Yeah. And did I, you do that? Yeah, I did, but I definitely didn't make it to like the final school one, and I don't even remember watching kids do the spelling bee. But I love the documentary called Spellbound. Have you ever seen it? No. They follow like a bunch of kids across the country and working their way up to the national spelling bee. I do love every year when those videos go viral of the kid winning it. Yeah. Like whatever, some just some kid going nuts. And I I want to go see a spelling bee. But then I was like watching the movie and I was thinking, actually is a spelling bee kind of the most boring Gotta be event so ever? Boring. You're just sitting there waiting for kids one by one and if they're spelling words that you don't know how to spell. Soliloquy. S O L L Oh, wait, soliloquy. S. Oh, I'm already wrong. Yep. Yeah. Which is kind of like a lost art form because now with like spell check these days, I don't think like the. I think it's still holding on. It's wild when you look back at like the winning words of past years. You can look up all of them. Really? Yeah. And it's funny certain words that now a days we're so used to. Oh, so, interesting. So like, it'd be like 1945, the word photographer. Oh. Or so, maybe 45. Right, right, it, right. It's a weird one. But yeah, like people were like, oh, that's right. what is a photographer? Right. Computer. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Want to pull some up? Yeah, let's pull them up. Uh, the winning spelling bee words over the years, right? Here's the winning word from every spelling bee since 1925. <coughs> Hopefully okay, they let's have it check reasonably. it out. Oh, here, Ooh, eczema. Here, can you do something for me, Matt? Oh, Click so. on the top where the... 
reader is and we'll get rid of all the extra bullshit you see the little two a's in the oh, yeah. url bar oh shoot what yeah now scroll oh do they not oh, bastards well we tried here this is better so interning 1936 the winning word was interning promiscuous 1937 initials 1941 the winning word was initials the winning word in 1940 was therapy that's wild whoa therapy should be i mean chlorophyll (laughs) more like borophyll 1947 Ooh, 1970 croissant was the winning word that's a fun one. 1965, eczema. God, it gets so much harder in the 2000s. I can't even pronounce these words. S- suck at what? Look at 2001. Suck on, suck on them. <laughs> oh, suck, uh, <laughs> suck, suck on them. <laughs> suck at the neum. And de- oh, so they say like when, oh, 1982, psoriasis. 1983, Purim, Jewish holiday. Look at that. Luge. 1984, the word is luge. No way. Look at that. Luge. Like. Huh. Like an Olympic luge. Yeah. This is a fun list to do with your friends. They, Maybe pull it up at your next your next party with a gathering of friends. Do some uh, 1960s spelling bee. I think you would ruin the party if you tried <laughs> to do that. 1976 was narcolepsy. That's a great word. Um what happened in 1960? What do you win? What do you win if you win the Scripps National Spelling Bee? Is it like $100,000? Type in Scripps National Spelling Bee Award. Prize. Scripps. I think you do win like $50,000. I remember when I was a kid and I watched it. They interviewed the kid who won. They're like, what are you going to do with the money? He's like, buy some video games. <laughs> Usually it's always a kid from Dallas. Shout out to Dallas. There's always a kid who's won. $50,000. $50,000. That's what you win. Uh, last year, uh, Dev Shaw, 14-year-old from Largo, Florida. I remember seeing this one. Yes, yeah, Samophile. Is there an age limit? Like, can you be... A, there's no way you can be a senior in high school and enter the National Spelling Bee. I bet it has to be... Okay, 16. 16. Oh, wait. Who have Nor- neither turned 16 nor passed beyond the 8th grade. Okay, oh, so, so that- it's only middle school. But can, if you're a 16-year-old in 8th grade, there's no chance you're going to the spelling bee. That means you got held back like five times. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you're like just really, really... You got held back a couple years, right? You promised you wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> Were you ever borderline almost held back? No. I was crushing I it. wish I was held back. But sometimes I wish I was in the grade behind me. I was because I was you young. Were September, yeah. I was a July baby. I was just the youngest uh, kid in my grade. So, like, when school would start in September, you you had just turned. Yeah, I think and my I, parents just wanted me to enroll in school, even though in kindergarten I only went to school half the day. Do you remember, have you read the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Uh, I think I've read the beginning. Is that the one that also talks about like Birkenstocks in the beginning? Maybe. There, maybe no, that's tipping point. Uh, maybe that's tipping point. The Outliers is about like the idea that. You can determine like who's going to be a hockey player in Canada based on what month they were born, because kids who were born earlier in the year in their grade were developing much more than the kids who were born later. So like Whoa. you would not have been a hockey player because you were the youngest, and therefore you wouldn't have been drafted on the team, and therefore you wouldn't have got the extra attention and training, et cetera, et cetera. I also think I may have been, I could have been a little bit more athletic if yeah. I was held back a different year. I just you, wasn't interested in joining. Athletics. I didn't want to join the football team. I didn't want to do any of that because I still felt so small. You were because you were a year behind. Did you 
Oh, yeah, your school experience was different than mine. Yeah. But yeah, at sixth grade, we had PE, and then seventh and eighth grade, you joined athletics, and that was like you were part of the football team. You were part of the basketball team, and you had to... Dodgeball? <laughs> we would. We didn't really play dodgeball that much. I remember one time, I we were playing dodgeball in gym in high school, and... I didn't even I didn't even realize that I made a mistake, but I made some mistake in the game and some kid got so mad and it's the first and only time it's ever happened to me, but afterwards we're in the locker room getting changed, going to our next class like science, and I remember my shorts were around my ankle, so I'm in my underwear about to change, and this kid just comes up to me and pushes me against the locker and he goes, Don't you ever fucking do that again. You know how you've cost us the fucking game? Oh, and he's like hitting the locker and everyone like fucking grabs him away. He's like, whoa, relax, bro. Chill, Jeremy. It's yeah. just dodgeball. I always have a little bit of like a PTSD from when I hear like dodgeball. Do you remember when dodgeball was sweeping the nation because of the movie? The movie. And then next thing you know on Spike TV, they're having a professional dodgeball. I mean, league. that's how it happens. Yeah. Oh, we would play dodgeball at the time as a kid. It was perfect right between like my house and my neighbor's house. It's the best. It's such a great game. Yeah. Oh, All right, folks. Well, oh, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Our first episode on our new set. Get ready for our, our next episode where Mike and I are going to be doing the crossword and the connections, even though he may have already played it, but he's going to watch me play it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out all of our other episodes as well. And you know what? While you're at it, leave us a review. Go on the Apple Podcast app and write us a review. It truly helps us out. And as well, do it on Spotify and anywhere else where our podcast may be uploaded. We love you guys so much. Thank you for always listening to this podcast. It really means a, mu- 